BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level two, this is Portrait. I am Gable Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust over and everybody else in between kicking it. Thanks to Andrew McKinnis. Quickest 100 minutes in sports talk radio. Uh, McKinnis was well blown away. He's like, man, I can't believe we're done. That's that. I was like, yeah, that's that. It's like a trip to the dentist, uh, this show. <laughs> not as painful as it used to be. Not, not as painful as it used to be. Messi scores again. And what's up with this, man? I'm looking for a number here right now. Let me look at for. Uh, let me look around. I'm looking at one big time soccer book, and they don't have it up yet, which somewhat surprises me. And uh, come on, man, we know who's playing. No, I still don't see. I still don't. No, no leagues cup yet. No leagues cup yet. So basically, it's going to be Inter Miami at Nashville. Matthias, it's amazing that, um, like, how from a betting perspective, what a gift Messi and Inter Miami have become in the sense that I can't even keep up anymore, bro. I think it's the fifth game in a row, man, that there's been a goal in the first 10 minutes. It's, it's, they keep on scoring, like, in the first, like, it's, it's unbelievable. And the number was all the way down to plus 275 tonight. That there will there be a goal in the first 9.59. And I said, these odds suck, all right? But I said, I don't want to be mad when Inter-Miami score like two or three minutes into this game, and it hits. Joseph Martinez scores like two minutes into the game, bro. Again, like they, they're just suffocating these teams. Philadelphia United are pretty good, too. They won the Eastern Conference last year. They were very confident coming into tonight, too. These teams, like... And how do you get in front of Messi now at Nashville? Like, and especially, imagine you win the World Cup and then you come and then you win the League's Cup after. (laughs) Gabe, it's a a big deal, Gabe, but you know what? I think actually this was the worst matchup that could happen to Miami because now they got to go to Nashville and it's going to be one of the few places where there's going to be few pink jerseys in the stands, man. They're going to go represent their team to the max, those Nashville fans are, Gabe. When you look at that stadium, you're right. That's a good point. It's a, you know what I mean? It's going to be a, they're going to sell their tickets less. Like, they're more like, I ain't selling my ticket. I'm going. Go, go Nashville. Exactly. You're right. Like, you know what I mean? They, they, they want to beat Messi. You know what I mean? It's kind of like going to Utah if you're a Laker fan. It is, you know, there's going to be some. The Philadelphia coach, bro. The Philadelphia coach today and yesterday was begging the, the fans. He said, listen, I get it. It's Messi. But he goes, please don't sell your tickets. Like, come and support us and don't sell it to Messi fans. But it's easy to say that when people know they can get like 700 bucks for a $60 ticket. Oh, yeah, Gabe. And you know what? You could make a lot of money off these tickets. I actually saw that a college student sold his Taylor Swift Eras ticket and paid half of his student loans off with with that ticket money. So, you know, when, when you can make that type of money off these type of tickets, you, you got to go for it, man, without a doubt. I had a buddy I used to work with him, Camera 2 Drew, Drew Livingston. Uh, he's big on social media and hockey right now. Uh, but uh, nice, nice guy. I was a fan of Camera 2 Drew. 
He used to do camera work uh, for us and, and other stuff, editing stuff and stuff like that in the early days of the network. But I remember he used to, he's a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills. And in the Tom Brady days, he would sell the, the New England Patriot tickets. And he'd get like triple, quadruple what he paid for like his entire season package. <laughs> and he'd go to all the other games for free on, on you know, for, and some. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We have a lot of stuff to get to. Jamie Eisenberg is going to join us. We'll talk some NFL numbers. We were talking about Anthony Richardson earlier. I want to get to. I want to get back to that. So I can't click it for you. You know what I mean? We can tell you. Listen, this is a good bet. You want to do it? Hey, do it if you want. But Anthony Richardson rush yard prop at six hundred and seventy-five and a half. I've told some people that aren't even in the betting industry we've been talking to throughout the day today, and they told me, they're like, that's that's a mistake, right? And, I mean, I've had multiple people tell me, you know, I, I just hit them. What do you think Anthony Richardson rushes for? They're like, I don't know, 1,200 yards? 1,000, 1,200? <laughs> you know what I mean? And everyone comes up with the same thing. I, I, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know, I think he'll be around 1,000. Like, I think it'll be sort of a story. What, can he get to 1,000 type thing? I think he probably will right around. Even though they probably don't want him to, right? I mean, if your quarterback is running for over 1,000 yards, you probably have problems in a way. But, but, like, if you look at rush yard props in the NFL and what quarterbacks rush for, 675 is a pretty conservative number. And it won't stay this way, right? I mean... We're, 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 we're like less than a month away from kickoff, but there's still time. So Joe Sixpack, the average person doesn't want to put $1,000 down on Anthony Richardson, 675 yards in the middle of August. But this will probably be like 740 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, all right, we've got to just hit this now. It's kind of frustrating because it is. I get it. It's going to eat up some money here, but... It's you know sometimes you just it's like a stock. Sometimes when you know when you when you're given it's you know when the Lord helps those who help themselves. Sometimes when you're given something like this, you just need to take advantage of it. And I'm sure right now that's what some uh, Nashville SC season ticket holders are thinking. Thinking, dear God, never in a million years did I imagine two months ago that Messi would be coming to Nashville, Tennessee, and I'd be able to sell my tickets. For the record, checking in right now. There are very limited amount of tickets available. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. Oh, yeah. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Dodgers win again, outscoring their opponents 54 21 during this nine game win streak. Uh, you know what? I warned people before the game. I said, listen, I don't think this is one of those sort of routine Dodgers easy wins tonight. 
uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers. And for the most part, it looked like one of those like tough type of games, actually. The Brewers were up one nothing. It was 1-1. Right, and then it was 2-1, and finally the Dodgers did break it open. The Dodgers are just scorching hot uh, right now, and every win gets us closer to over 96 and a half as uh, we've got $1,000 on the uh, Dodgers' win total uh, this year. So we'll get some back to some baseball, but speaking of, uh, speaking of money, Matthias, you're right. You said, our boy Matthias said that um, this is going to be tough. And I brought this up earlier tonight, actually, about... Inner Miami going on the road. Messi is so popular and so big that, for the most part, his fans are taking these stadiums over. Like when 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 they came back in Dallas, if you like just were listening to the audio, you really would not have known like which team was the home team or not. Like it was just sort of pandemonium. Like it's just sort of pandemonium all the time. And the Philadelphia coach was imploring Philadelphia United fans not to sell their tickets, saying, I, I get it, but you know what? You know, it's it gives them an advantage if, you know, if you sell tickets to, to the Messi fans. And, you, you know, what are you going to do? We live in an era right now. I mean, players care about money. Coaches care about money. And so do, so do people who are able to sell tickets. So Nashville, though, you figure, okay, Nashville fans, Nashville fans are super loyal, all right? And Nashville fans have money. It's another thing, right? So you sort of think about it. You're like, who the hell would be a Nashville season ticket holder? Well, people with money, right? People that are hardcore. People that also know Messi isn't coming there all that many times, right? Like, So... Matthias, you were bang on. And as somebody, I'm always fascinated by the modern ticket market, as somebody that used to be in the ticket business in the old street days of this stuff, is there are no tickets for sale right now. Like if you go to StubHub, there are only three sections in the stadium that there are tickets, which means like the season ticket holders aren't selling their tickets. Like they're not available. Like point blank. There are three sections and there are minimal amount of tickets available right now. And they range from 600 to 1,800. 1800 is like uh, you can get a pretty good seat for 1800 bucks, sort of on like the 20 yard line type of deal. A thousand, a thousand bucks puts you behind the net. Last row, upper deck, you can get for 600 right now, but there's literally two of them available, which I'm sure if I hit refresh, they're gone. So it will be a pro Nashville crowd. And let's be real, Matthias. Listen, as good as Inter Miami have been, we got to tip our cap to Nashville SC for getting this far, bro. This has been, you know, this has been lose and go home, and they found a way to get here too. And they, dude, their backs were against the wall, bro. Like if you look at Nashville SC and how they got here, I mean, we, we, we'll get back to Inter Miami, but let's talk about the other team. They, they, dude, they were so done. <laughs> like they were so done. They gave up a goal in like the 96th minute of a 1-1 game, and even the announcer said, "Oh yeah, this it's it's over, like uh, it's it's it, it's done." And that was to Club America, right? They were down 2-1 to Club America in like the 97th minute. It was 1-1 in the 96th minute. Club America scores, and there was like three minutes of added time, like to 99 minutes type of deal. And somehow Nashville scores, and it beats them in penalty kicks. Bro, and then they beat Nash. Then Nashville beat Minnesota five nil. Who beat Toluca? Then they just beat Monterey two nil tonight. Like very impressive uh, run that Nashville has been on here in this tournament, and now they're playing at home. Like they feel like they're a team of destiny as well. And in fact, the announcers brought that up tonight during the game. He even said, "I know everyone's talking about Inter Miami, but he goes, anyone that's watched Nashville's run through this tournament, and he said they feel like this is their tournament to lose. They're the team of destiny. Now they even beat Monterey, who are awesome, but Monterey ran out of gas, bro. They hit a they hit the cross. Did you see the end? They hit the crossbar with like two minutes left. They they nearly tied it late, but they couldn't. And then and then Nashville scored a late late uh, goal two. Hell of a run by Nashville, though, Matias. They're going to be dangerous for Miami. 
No, they definitely will, Gabe. But you know what? Uh, this game is different for Nashville because they're not, you know, they're not lining up against Busquets, Jordi Alba, and Messi on the other side. And when you play against those guys, you, you have some more demons, you know, in your mind, and and you feel it in your feet. You know, you don't move as fast. You think too much. You know, you're thinking and not reacting. And that's the difference with this Miami. Can't be right wrong now. about that. You're right. You know, look at look at the balls that Messi puts to these players. And the thing about it, like Martinez is scoring. Messi setting up all these guys, Jordi Alba today, you know, great run down the line. Messi finds the space, the space that nobody else could find on the field, and these guys are finishing. If there's one way to beat this Nashville team, it's for Miami to do what they've been doing every single game, Gabe, and that's score in the first 10 minutes of the game and give them a slap in the face and see how they react. It, you know, they could react one way. They could keep going downhill and they're going to keep scoring and Miami's going to have a, a huge party, as expected, right? Or Nashville's going to fight back and they're going to win 5-1. And Miami's going to hit them with something. You know, they're going to get hit with something they haven't been hit before, kind of like Monterrey today. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I, I, but like you said earlier, Gabe, if you have to back anybody, you got to back Miami because if you don't and they win, we're going to feel like the biggest fools on earth. How could you bet against Messi, right? I didn't. I took him tonight. <laughs> and I, I am too. I am too. Forget that yellow wave. Does it, does it scare me? Sure, it scares me a little bit. But no, man. We have the best player in the world. <laughs> Come on. I think no, and you're right. Busquets is somebody like that people are talking about. That he's the guy that people are like that they can't figure out, and he's setting everything up. But I think you're right about that. That Atlanta aren't a bad team. Philadelphia aren't a bad team. Philadelphia are better than Atlanta. Atlanta are a little overrated, I think now, but. I've noticed that, like, Philadelphia, they get scored on. These teams get scored on in the first minute. Like, they're all confident until it starts. But it's almost like a fight, Matthias, where they're fine until they're not. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost – but I noticed that, like, the Atlanta guys, like, were standing around and watching Messi a couple of times. They were just slower. And I think Matthias is bang on. It's the same thing, like, if you're playing against Wayne Gretzky or Conor Bedard or something like that. Right? You're watching him, and you just get caught up in it. And you're thinking, I can't do this, I can't do that. Next thing you know, like, you're thinking, and he just goes around you, and, like, you're like, I wasn't even in the moment. Like, right? Like, and it's not like they're doing it deliberately. It's not like they're in awe. Like, oh, my God, I'm standing next to Messi. But like Matias said, like, they're a step slow. They're off. They're, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're getting thrown off by him, bro. There's no disputing it. Look at these teams. They're just, like, they're getting down right away. The only look, one, look somehow, FC there, Dallas Gabe. had them. FC Dallas had them, bro. Let them off the hook. Yeah, they let him off the hook. And one of their best players. 4-2 uh, with 10 Fernanda. minutes left, bro. Yeah, well, when Fernanda is dribbling to the goalie and just stops dribbling and doesn't score, you're going to think to yourself, like, what the hell's going on if that guy can't do it in the MLS? And that's the case right now, Gabe. And, look, you know, look at the goalkeeper today. Uh, how about that goal that Messi scored from about 30 yards out? Everybody's acting like that's the greatest goal in the history of the world. Are you kidding me? The goalkeeper couldn't move. He was too busy watching the ball go by him. The ball, the ball was shot from how far? And if you go back to the tape, go look at the goalkeeper's feet and tell me how close that ball was by the time the goalkeeper starts moving and trying to make that save. Come on, man. It's, it's bad news bears. And if you know how to play goalkeeper, you're watching that goalie and you're thinking to yourself, what the hell are you doing out there, son? That's what happens, though. People get caught up. Another thing is, too, you notice with the great strikers, Buddy R. Monterey did it late in the game tonight, but he hit the crossbar. You notice in the Women's World Cup, just sort of the, the better players, there's no hesitation when they kick the ball, right? Like, they don't sort of, like, telegraph what they're about to do. And like you said, Messi just sort of drilled it, and the goalie just sort of watched it, thinking, oh, wow. And, like, you know, he should have he saved it. You're right. We're SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. Jamie Eisenberg will step up and we'll get his thoughts on. Anthony Richardson being named the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. We were talking earlier about uh, Anthony's rush yard prop at 675 and a half yards. I got to tell you, we love it. Um, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to go over the number. And the good thing about this number is actually as well, and let's take a look at the Colts' schedule. I know they open up with the Jags. Um, the thing is, too, at 675 and a half. Honestly, he probably gets this in like eight games type of deal, right? I think he gets there in like half the season, actually. So I don't think it's one of these, like, we don't, as long as he doesn't get hurt early in the season, like, we should be able to get here. The Jags defense is pretty good. He plays, listen, I'm looking at the defenses that he faces. He faces a lot of good defenses, but that's almost a good thing in the sense for his rush yard prop. Bad thing for the Colts, good for the rush yard prop. What do young quarterbacks do generally to begin with? They take off too early. They're impatient in the pocket. They don't let the play develop. They panic. They think they're going to get sacked, and they take off. All right? So you got a rookie quarterback who's going to know as well that, you know what, I could take off and run this guy over instead of getting sacked here. I, you know, I'm curious to see what happens. If it turns into this just total wildcat destruction type thing, which it might. <laughs> like, I got to be honest with you. I've never been. I've never been that guy that says, you know, we have Lamar Jackson on our team. Let's tell him not to run so much, and let's teach him to be a better pocket passer. And Michael Vick and Colin Kaepernick and and whoever and Josh Allen now. Well, you know, you don't want to run Josh Allen too much. Why not? How about you run Josh Allen like you tell Josh Allen, don't stop running until you win a Super Bowl? <laughs> like, how's that? Like, all this, like, you know what I mean? So, like, Anthony Richardson, I don't know automatically that they're going to say don't run. They might be smart enough to know that the only hope in hell we have of winning games is if we run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and we have, we let Anthony Richardson run people over and once in a while if somebody's open, we can hit a bomb. Right, But otherwise, you know what I mean, like, we're just, to me, it's like, use the guy that you have. I'm listening, I'm a diehard Buffalo Bill fan. I would rather have Josh Allen run and get injured and win a Super Bowl than have Josh Allen last 12 years for us and never win a Super Bowl. Am I a bad person for saying that? I don't know, I'm just being real. I think it's ridiculous in football that these teams try to change their quarterbacks because they don't want to get them hurt. It's like, dude, whatever. Like, no, we're not here not to get the guy hurt. We're here to win a Super Bowl, okay? We're going to go all out. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And if he gets hurt, we win the Super Bowl, God bless him. He's got his money, okay? What do you want? Like this, oh, well, no, let's, you know, yeah, he does that really well, but we don't want him doing that. We want him doing this. That's just so stupid. That's like coaches talk. That's like saying, well, you know, yeah, that's Steph Curry, kid. He's really good at hitting three-point shots, but we really want to get him to work on his inside game. It's like, or how about we just let him bomb away and become one of the greatest three-point you know, shooters ever? Right, so like, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Steichen, who worked with Jalen Hurts, just sort of, and, and Jalen ran, ran a lot. I'm wondering if Steichen just says, you know, don't be scared to take off. Like, if you see, if you see a lane, take it. Take off and run. 
So I'm not so sure they'll tell them not to, number one. Number two, dude, the Jags are pretty good <laughs> defensively. They can get after the quarterback, the other Josh Allen, right? They can get after the quarterback. Uh, the number one pick of the draft that they take. I mean, they, they, got a, they got a bunch of D linemen. So the Jags are going to be able to get after the quarterback. That's going to, you know, Anthony Richardson's going to be running for his life against the Jaguars in week one. Week two, the Colts are at the Texans. Texans have had a pretty good defensive draft over the last couple of years. So I don't think he'll be running for his life in the same you know, manner, but. I think you know. I think Richardson's gonna have a nice game against the Texans, running the ball actually on the ground. Then he's got to deal with the Ravens. <laughs> he's got to deal. He's got to deal. He's got to deal with Lamar himself, right? So uh, you can just picture now after the game, Lamar hugging him and giving him that, okay, you know, hang in there. Everything's gonna be fine. You'll see. Um, Colts at Ravens. This ain't easy for the Colts. So in fact, the more I'm looking at this Colts schedule here and. I'm all way up here high on on Anthony Richardson at over 675 and a half yards. I'm not high, and I've stressed this throughout the day to people that I love Anthony Richardson. I think he's a fun quarterback. I think he's going to be a, a menace to other defenses in the NFL, and I think I think players are going to be talking about it during the week, saying, "Oh God, we got to deal with this Richardson kid this week, huh?" Um, because <laughs> they're going to be like, man, I don't want to have to tackle him. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get posterized. You know, I'm going to be like, get that Derrick Henry stiff arm type thing. But I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. They're not a very good football team. They don't have, like, any talent. Defensively, they're terrible. Uh, the Colts, offensively, they don't have anything. Their wide receivers are subpar. Their offensive line sucks. They have a running back that is disgruntled, right? And they have a rookie quarterback. So this is it all leads me back to why I love him to run for his life so much and run for more than 675 yards. It's going to be out of necessity. It's like he's not going to have a choice but to take off. So the Colts open with the Jags. I'd like to say it's a, they're getting three and a half in that game. I like to be bold and say, you know what? The Colts can hang around in this game in week one and stuff, but I don't think they will. I'm not saying I'm, I'm giving you the Jags minus three and a half right now, but the Jags will beat the Colts. Then it's the Colts at Texans. That's a toss-up. C.J. Stroud will be starting his second game. That'll be a toss-up. The only thing is Houston are better than Indianapolis are. Like, Houston actually have a bunch of good players on their team. Indianapolis do not. Indianapolis have not drafted well over the past couple of years, and it's catching up to them. And I've always thought Ballard was a pretty good GM, but he's there's been a lot of swing and misses. Um, so the Texans, you can argue the Texans win that game. Colts out Ravens. I don't. They're not beating the Ravens in Baltimore in Week 3. Then it's the Rams at Colts. Like, dear God, like, Anthony ain't going to get a break early. <laughs> uh, Rams at Colts. Then Titans at Colts. Colts at Jags. Browns at Colts. Browns have a bunch of talent on their defensive line. Saints at Colts. Colts at Panthers. Colts at Patriots. Buccaneers at Colts. I'm almost thinking, like, that's their first win of the season type of thing. November the 26th. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know about you guys and uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, but I'm not feeling a lot of wins when I rattle through this, this Colts schedule, to be honest. Colts at Titans, Colts at Bengals, Steelers at Colts, Colts at Falcons, Raiders at Colts, Texans Colts. Even with Anthony Richardson, like, there's only so much he's going to be able to do. He's going to run around. He's going to put up nice fantasy numbers and stuff. But looking at this schedule, that, that looks like a 4-1. That looks like a 4-win football team to me. There's not a lot to like about that schedule if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Just so many tough defenses. There's not. There's no layups. There's no like, yeah, but look at that three-week run that we have. It's like, no. It's almost like every week. It's like, yeah, every week they play someone better than them. Like, honestly, 
Every week they're playing someone better than them, with the exception of, like, who? The Buccaneers, who could be terrible this year? For the record, the Indianapolis win total is currently six and a half right now. Minus 125 to the over. There is no way in hell. There is a better chance that I go on tour with Adele and Taylor Swift as their next guitarist as there is the Indianapolis Colts winning seven football games this year. We're finding nothing but gems, diamonds in the rough. Anthony Richardson over 675 and a half rush yards. And the Indianapolis Colts under six and a half wins. Like, honestly, if you look at the Colts' depth chart, man, it's it's um, it's not pretty. All right? It's, it's, it's not pretty. Like, you know, you've got a rookie quarterback, which I don't really understand why t- when teams do this. They get a rookie quarterback. They put a bunch of pressure on the kid. The kid's under a bunch of pressure because of the fans and the media and, oh, he went this high and he's the starter and stuff, but you don't have, like, weapons around him. Like, if you took, like, you know what I mean? Let's say you took Anthony Richardson and dropped him on the San Francisco 49ers right now. Like, his life would be easier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Like, there, there really are. It's almost like being born into money. Some people are born into money. Some people aren't. And Anthony Richardson has not been born into money here in this situation. Right? Like, some quarterbacks are just born into, like, you know, like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was, like, drafted by a really good team with a million good players around him with one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Right? And they were patient. Like, there was, like, everything felt, like, everything, he, he got in a perfect spot. You got Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce and Isaiah McKenzie as the Indianapolis Colt wide receivers. Jamie Eisenberg will step up and in next. We'll get his thoughts. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Moranzi, Sirius XM Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates wherever you may be. Countdown to kickoff continues. Let's talk football, NFL football, fantasy football, and more with one of our favorite uh, guests, Jamie Eisenberg. CBSSports.com steps up and in. Jamie, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you. So, uh, Jamie, I'm very excited about uh, Anthony Richardson being named the starting quarterback uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. His first game will be at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this football game. And as somebody that followed Anthony's career as closely as you did with the Florida Gators, it's amazing, isn't it, that he actually won the job and there's more enthusiasm about him in the National Football League than there was in Gainesville at this time last year. 
Yeah, that's definitely for sure. You know, I, I think there was certainly some excitement for him in Gainesville, but, you know, I think when you attach him to an NFL franchise, especially when he's, you know, drafted where he was selected in the, in, in the first round of the NFL draft, there's going to be a ton of excitement, especially for a franchise like that that's been going through all these retread quarterbacks, you know, since Andrew Luck retired. So uh, it's going to be fun to see how he does, and, and, and certainly fantasy managers are excited about it because anytime you get a running quarterback like that, he's going to put up a lot of points. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how it's going to go. Um, I'm very excited to see how it's going to go. I'm going to draft him as the number one quarterback, and I hope he does well and he has a chance to win maybe rookie of the year. I thought he looked like he belonged against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, I love the soft touch. It was dropped. Could have been a touchdown. Uh, you know, we, we know that he's going to be able to run the football. I just thought, and I even tweeted on Saturday when I was watching the game, I said, there's no reason why not just to make him the starter. We've already heard Ursay say, well, it's up to the coaching staff, but I would like to see Anthony Richardson play. We knew he was going to play sooner rather than later. Do you agree with the move of just saying, you know what, he's the quarterback of our future. Let's find out and let's put him on the field in week one. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, you know, it's been, you know, certainly a, a, a tumultuous offseason for them or at least training camp with the whole Jonathan Taylor saga and how that's playing out. You know, so you like to have some positive news and, and, and focus on the future. Not that I, I, I think Taylor's done in Indianapolis, but that's just the way it seems like it's heading. So, you know, get get some positive momentum and, and give the kid the opportunity. Like you said, I, I don't think starting Gardner Minshew for a couple of games helps his development, helps the team and all, you know, and, and gives him the confidence that he needs. You know, now he knows, okay, I have basically a little under a month to prepare to be the starting quarterback and to be ready to go uh, for that game against Jacksonville and maybe they still win and, you know, shock the division a little bit and see how things go. You know, he's that type of player. It could be a difference maker. So uh, get his confidence up, give him all the reps. That's a big thing about this is, you know, giving these guys these reps in practice because if they're going to really make it an open competition, you got to give Gardner into first-team reps. Now there's no reason to have any more of this. Let him handle every first-team snap and get comfortable with Michael Pittman and the receiving core and the, the offense and the protection. Uh, it just makes so much sense. So yeah, I'm 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 very excited to see how it's going to go, and I think again it's the right move by uh, by the Colts and Shane Steichen. There were reports earlier in the week, Jamie, that Jonathan Taylor was about to soften his stance on the uh, on the situation with the Indianapolis Colts. Are you are, is that true? Are you hearing that? I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, his hands are a little bit tied, you know, because he is under contract. You know, I, I think the ankle injury is something you got to keep an eye on because he did have so many issues with it last year. But how much of this is just more posturing? about trying to, you know, make his point and, and, and maybe see if the Colts come to the table with some sort of contract offer. Uh, but it seems like they're pretty steadfast. So we'll probably play this out throughout the rest of, you know, the preseason, and we won't see him until week one. I'd be very shocked if he misses any regular season games if, in fact, he is healthy. So as long as he's ready to go, I think he'll be out there and hopefully prove that he can, you know, be one of these running backs that maybe changes the, the, the tenor of, of the conversation that we've had this, you know, entire last month and a half of, you know, these guys not getting paid. Um, I, I think at some point, you know, the, there'll be some sort of, understanding you know at least that would be the hope and, and maybe Jim Irsay softens his stance as well uh, but I'd be very shocked if Jonathan Taylor is not playing for the Colts under center or, or behind Anthony Richardson excuse me uh, come week one against Jacksonville and he's by far their best player so you know we can we can talk about running backs this and running backs that but the fact of the matter is he's your best player and if you have a rookie quarterback his life is going to be a hell of a lot easier with Jonathan Taylor there as opposed to without Jonathan Taylor there now Jamie I was reading um, I was reading you and your colleagues uh, discussing where Anthony Richardson uh, should be drafted and it seems like he's sort of checking in as a QB 10 right now maybe you could argue even a QB 9 nobody He's going to argue that he should go ahead of Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is there, but, you know, it's, it's not crazy that Richardson checks in right there at 9 or 10 right now, right? Well, I think your guy likes to make a wager, too, if I'm not mistaken. You know, let's really talk about, you know, uh, props and odds and things like that. Um, you know, when you talk about running quarterbacks and what his rushing yard prop will be, uh, if you think he's going to get anything north of 700 rushing yards, which I think if he plays the majority of the season, he should be able to accomplish. All the quarterbacks since 2010, there have been 16 times where it's happened, that have gone over 700 rushing yards. They've averaged basically 20 fantasy points per game, which is usually the, the benchmark of what a number one quarterback is. So the, the worst mark last year was 19.9, uh, which was Daniel Jones, who only got to 
700 yards rushing, just over 700 yards rushing of, of the six teams that I'm, that I'm referencing. So if he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher, which I think some people think he can be, uh, I would probably peg it at around eight, 900 yards to be safe. Uh, he's got a chance to be a number one quarterback. So for me, he's QB8, I think is where I, I settled on it. Um, there's, uh, sorry, QB9. Um, there, there's, you know, seven, eight guys right now that I think just a little bit safer than him. Uh, the nice thing about the position is you could pair him with a Kirk Cousins, a Geno Smith, a Jared Goff, some very capable you know, guys that could still be starters for you if, in fact, Richardson struggles. But if he hits, my gosh, he could be one of the top five quarterbacks just be, because of his rushing ability. And I've got a number for you here, Jamie. Anthony Richardson, over under 675 and a half yards. Uh, you know what? As soon as I get off the phone with you, I think I'm going to run, not walk. I'm going to run <laughs> to get this to get this in. I like this. Over, over 675 and a half yards rushing for Anthony Richardson. That's the number yeah. that's currently posted. Yeah, no, I, I think that's safe. Again, you know, the, the risk of injury is there. You know, we saw Justin Fields, for example, who's, you know, a guy a lot of people are making a comparison to. Um, he suffered a shoulder injury. You know, Jalen Hurts last year, Spoon, you know, eventually started to, you know, get banged up. These running quarterbacks get hurt, and that's just the nature of it. So there could be an injury. Uh, but again, you know, he, he survived running through the SEC last year. And I, I think if you, you, know, you take his, his numbers, you project it over what an NFL season would be, he would have been over 1,000 yards rushing or just shy of it. Uh, last season at Florida. So he's got that type of upside, and I think, you know, we didn't see it in the game against Buffalo, but, you know, over a full game and certainly over a full season, he's going to, you know, I think be north of 700 yards, if not more. I see a rushing yard prop uh, here, Jamie, for B. John Robinson, and I believe you've got him ranked um, eighth overall um, as far as uh, is your, is your player rankings, or at least in that ballpark, I think eight. So his rushing uh, yard prop... Is. So yeah, no, he's, he's fifth. He's, he's fifth for me overall. Oh, he's got he's got fifth for you. Okay. So yep. what do you th fifth? What do you think of this number then? One thousand one hundred and twenty-five point five yards, because there are some other running backs there as well, and they could use them. They could use them um, in the slot and catching passes. What do you think? Is that too? Is that you know? How many yards do you think he rushes for? I think, you know, 1,300 yards is, is on the table for him. You know, Tyler Algier got to 1,000 yards last season, and I don't think there's any comparison in terms of talent where those two guys are. Um, it's just a matter of how much, you know, anybody's going to buy into Desmond Ritter being better because if Desmond Ritter's better, they have two premier pass catchers that they spent, you know, top five overall, top ten overall picks on in Drake London and Kyle Pitts over the last three years. But, you know, Arthur Smith has always been a run guy. You know, he was the, the offense coordinator in Tennessee when – Derrick Henry had a 2,000-yard season. Uh, they led the NFL in rushing attempts last year. Now, again, that probably speaks to their quarterbacks and what the strength of their team was. Uh, but like you said, Tyler Algier is still going to get some opportunities. Uh, Cordero Patterson is still going to get some opportunities. But I think the Falcons have a chance to win that division. I, I would take the Saints, but I think the Falcons are number two. Uh, they're going to contend. They're going to be better. And if they're going to do that, they're going to do it because Bijan Robinson is leading the way. So uh, I would take the over on that number for sure. Jamie Eisenberg uh, with us. Jamie, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, and talk about the New York Jets. We'll get to uh, we'll get to Dalvin Cook momentarily, but were were you hesitant about Brees Hall coming off of the surgery? What were your thoughts on him even before they acquired Dalvin Cook? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I was definitely hesitant. Um, the history of this injury, you know, I think we all kind of romanticized about Adrian Peterson in the year that he came back from the ACL and was, you know, superhuman. Um, most guys, that first year coming back from the ACL tear, there's a little bit of a struggle. You know, you look at Dalvin Cook, for example, his year coming off the ACL, he was struggling. Saquon Barkley, remember how frustrating it was to watch him coming back from the ACL. Last year, J.K. Dobbins, he missed eight games. Uh, because of, you know, just some, some knee struggles. So I think it's a smart move by the Jets to bring somebody else in. Now, obviously, we would like to see Brees Hall get the majority of touches, you know, for anybody that, that, that saw what he touched. It's, you know, a, a team that is trying to be a Super Bowl contender. And to do that, you want to give your quarterback as many options and protection and weapons. Like you said, you know, a, a quarterback's best friend when you're talking about Jonathan Stutter. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, would love to have, you know, the combination of, of Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. So, um, I hope that by the end of the season, Brees Hall is, is back to, you know, being the, the, the running back, them the opportunity to ease him in. Uh, but, yeah, I was very hesitant about this just because of the history of the injury. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg with us for just a couple of more moments. And for his rankings, as he mentioned, he's got B. John Robinson uh, fifth, um, Jefferson one, Chase two, McCaffrey three, Eckler four, Robinson five. So it seems like um, like Justin Jefferson is a slam dunk consensus number one overall pick across the board this year with pretty much every fantasy expert. The thing that I think you look at, we're, we're kind of at a cross-section of, of the running back position because a lot of the stars that we've been relying on are getting to that age 27 where we start to get a little worried. So, 
you know, McCaffrey's still got a year to go, but, you know, the injury history there. Uh, Eckler is there now 27. Nick Chubb is at that age. Um, I think when you look at it, the receivers, especially the two guys at the top, Jefferson and Chase, are hitting their prime, and they're not just being ex- exceptionally productive. They're also safe because the risk of injury is just not the same. So you take the, the safety factor plus the production factor. That's why I think those two guys go ahead of most running backs. So love the setup for Jefferson. Vikings were top three in pass attempts last year. Obviously, Chase, you know, you've seen what he's been able to do in, in his two years with the Bengals entering year three, which is typically when receivers get comfortable. Imagine how that would look if he's finally comfortable. Um, so there's just a lot to love about those two guys. You know, the only thing would be is, is Joe Burrow's cap a concern for Chase? I don't think it is. So I'm taking both those guys with the top two picks. Last team I'll ask you about, is this the year every year, and has it really started yet, where a lot of my guests start to tell me, this is the year the Chargers break uh, break out. But as far as Justin Herbert, he, he's got his money, he gets a lot of accolades, but are we going to get some results? Does he have like an MVP type of year in him, put up massive numbers, not have so many passes batted down at the line of scrimmage, actually throw the ball further than six yards? When you look at his metrics, they don't really meet what the, pers- the, the what people think he's doing out there can we get like a real stretch the field type of justin herbert this year last question yeah no i think so um you know two additions were huge you know kellen moore first off because as mike mccarthy said he likes to look at the scoreboard so that's gonna allow you know justin herbert <laughs> to have the opportunity to throw a lot not that they didn't throw a lot last year they were top three in, in pass attempts but uh, like you said, the quality of attempts. So now you got to line up with a, a strong run game or, or certainly the threat of what Austin Eckler is out of the backfield, however you want to view him, plus those three receivers. And I like the fact that they committed to Quentin Johnson being a starter right away. You know, So you're hearing Mike Williams being moved into the slot. You're hearing Keenan Allen getting some opportunities outside. But just getting Johnson on the field. So now you have those three pass catchers, that guy out of the backfield, Joe Everett's capable tight end. They had some injuries along the offensive line. Those guys are going to be healthy. And I think a lot of people overlook Justin uh, Herbert dealt with a pretty serious rib injury that he played through. And he talked about this, that his arm angle, he had to adjust the way he was throwing. So you're talking about the balls getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with his mechanics of just not being the same guy. you know. So credit to him to trying to fight through it and, and be there for his team. But now maybe he's able to play like the guy that we saw two years ago. So um, there, there's a lot to love about what Justin Herbert's situation is. So uh, I hope the receivers stay healthy. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen combined for 11 missed games last year. If those guys all stay on the field, it's going to be just a nightmare to defend them. The defense is actually pretty good. You know, I think a lot of people forget about that as well. So as long as Brandon Staley gets out of his way, you know, I think that this could be a pretty impressive season for the Chargers, and they might challenge the Chiefs to be the best team in that division. Jamie Eisenberg, CBSSports.com. Fantasy football season is here. Jamie's got his rankings uh, up, the consensus rankings up. His colleagues are debating the rankings. Great stuff over at CBS Fantasy's football page. Uh, always a pleasure, Jamie. Thanks for the time, my man. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There's Jamie Eisenberg kicking it with us. Great stuff to get uh, the insight of an expert like Jamie. The late-night anchor management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Uh, I was talking with uh, Lou earlier in the week, and he asked me about a fantasy football league. We always do an annual Sports Rage Fantasy Football League. And um, the smart ones start to ask before 
so so they make sure they get in. In the past, I've had like two, two and three different leagues, and I always say I'm only going to have one. And then inevitably, I always feel bad because there's a bunch of people that are regulars of past leagues, and I always end up running a few of them, but I'm not going to this year. I actually uh, mean it, but we will do one fantasy football league, and um, it'll be a lot of the usual suspects. To be honest, when we have multiple... Um, we have multiple leagues. It's a lot of the same dudes in the league, in the leagues, anyways, that um, that that want to put the money in. Maybe we'll just make the stakes a little higher this year, since I only have one league. Normally, it's two hundred dollar entry, so we're playing for like you know twelve twelve team league twenty four hundred dollar pot, sixteen hundred dollars first place, eighteen hundred dollars second place. It's enough to you know have fun and stay interested in it, but it could be a little cooler if we bumped it up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you know what? If, if if we did 300, suddenly it would be uh, 24 and 12, 2400 and 1200. That's actually better. 2400 winner, 1200 second place. So fantasy football season's rapidly approaching, and all this stuff is always just sort of correlated into into player props as well. So looking at the quarterback rankings, I find it interesting. And Anthony Anthony Richardson is ranked ninth right now. Consensus, if you look at like various different respected fantasy websites, Anthony Richardson is ranked ninth, pretty ninth, a few places tenth type of thing, right now, which surprises some people. But if you look at the quarterbacks ahead of him, so no one's saying that Anthony Richardson should be drafted in a fantasy football league ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Right, Mahomes is number one. Allen is number two. Jalen Hurts is number three. Lamar Jackson is four. Fields is five. Burrow is six. Burrow's health has to be somewhat of a concern for people. Herbert is seven. Trevor Lawrence, eight. Anthony Richardson, nine. I'm not so sure Trevor Lawrence is a better fantasy quarterback than Anthony Richardson is. This is Portrage. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 